Hello, digital world. Welcome back once again to another Spliced In Later. Coming to you later than originally planned. I do apologize for last week. If you are one of my regular listeners and you did tune in on Tuesday expecting to see an episode drop and there was none and there was no information as to why or what or when or who or how, my apologies. I was ready to go. I was sat down. I was putting my recording stuff together. I'd plugged everything in. I was ready to go. And then I mentioned this in earlier episodes. I have brand new cats. And just at the last moment, a game of zoomies commenced between the two of them. Some flying cats came through. Some things were knocked over. Some things were broken, which unfortunately led to me being unable to record anything until I replaced the systems that were broken. Can't hold it against them. They were playing a game, and they are the cutest things in the world. So, I don't know if you could hear that banging in the background, but it appears there at it again. But never mind, we're going to push forward with this week's episode. Today's episode shouldn't be too long, because there's not too much in terms of content to really discuss. It's more just fun facts in history and trying to provide information to the people. But also, continuing our talk on the ages of Disney, because last year I did a thing where I spoke about James Bond movies on a regular basis, and it was nice to have something to aim for, something to regularly distribute, rather than just flying by the seat of my pants and deciding, what am I going to do this week? I can't do another top 10 countdown, i got to think of something else. So I've set it in that we'll be talking about the different ages of Disney, leading up to, obviously, the present day. It was back in November, it may have been December, I don't know, the months are getting away from me at the moment. We did leave off with Disney's Golden Age, which is where everything basically began. It encompassed Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, and Bambi. And as I said, this was a time when feature-length movies for animation was not a concept yet. Disney pushed forward with Snow White in the beginning and saying, we should be able to make a hour to an hour and a half animated feature that's not shorts, that's not for cartoons, something that is a genuine movie with characters and plots and villains and everything like that. We're going to push forward. And not only did he push forward, he released five genuine classics. They may not have been well-received unanimously at the time. I know looking into the information that a few people watched this stuff and went, okay, whatever, particularly something like Fantasia, which was an experiment in music and sound. But obviously, today we now look back on these movies and we consider them classics. Regardless of the content, whether it's aged poorly or not, these are movies that set the standard for what we consider to be a feature-length animated film and a feature-length Disney film. If you haven't seen these movies, of course, I recommend you check them all out because they're definitely worth seeing and making your own decision about whether they're good or not. I've been going back and watching the Disney movies in preparation for all these talks and they've been all entertaining Some ludicrously so, some shockingly so, and some genuinely entertaining. But we move on from the Golden Age into what is known as two certain things. It's called the Wartime Age and the Package Age. Now, if I asked you to give me a movie that came from this era, I don't think you could do it because there's not really a movie from this era. This is a very unique period. But if you thought hard and based on just growing up as a kid and watching TV, I'm sure that about 90% of you have seen maybe snippets from these movies, small segments, small cartoons, especially watching cartoons on the weekend, watching Playhouse Disney, House of Mouse, anything like that. This stuff exists. It's all over Disneyland as well, but in terms of actual movies, perhaps not. So let's get down into it. As I said when we were wrapping up our Golden Age era, good movies, great content, 
But in terms of box office results, not great. And this was not due to the movies being bad or no one wanting to see them. This was, of course, due to this little thing called World War II kicking off. Now, when the golden age of Disney was starting out, World War II was kicking off, 1939. So Snow White had only just been released. So all the other movies came out during the beginning of World War II. Now, of course, America was not involved in World War II as of yet. So they were free and able to go to the movies as much as they want. But in terms of the rest of the world, not so much. In many ways, it relates a lot to what's going on today in terms of movie theater and box office. Not so much war, but due to the global impact of not being able to go to the cinemas thanks to the coronavirus pandemic, the box office results around the world are not returning what filmmakers are accustomed to, especially in this day and age where something like Avengers Endgame could pull in over $2 billion at the box office worldwide. Now, especially in places like America or UK, cinemas aren't open. They're not safe to, with pandemic just kicking off. So with only half of that being able to go to the movie theaters, of course, you're not going to get the same revenue back. For World War II, not so much that they knew that they could get a certain amount of revenue, but they just knew they weren't getting money to replace what it took to create these films because no one in the UK and no one in Europe was really going to the movie theaters. They had this little world war to deal with so things like the last especially the last bunch in the golden age films dumbo and bambi while great their box office results were not great fantasia too especially with something like fantasia which poured a whole hunk of money into creating this fantastic movie based solely on music and sound and animation and to get only a quarter of the profits back meant that during world war ii disney was not really going to be able to push forward with this type of thing if they were going to make any sort of financial gain. Furthermore, once America did get involved in World War II and everybody went off to fight, of course, at that point, America went full, yeah, we're into World War II, we got to stop this Hitler guy. So a lot of companies, Disney included, were focused solely on war distribution, war propaganda, war financing to make sure that America could win the war, essentially. Disney focused more on propaganda films, on things involving Mickey and Donald and co to bolster the American spirit and to let remind everybody that the Nazis were the bad guys and Hitler had to be stopped, etc., etc. You know, World War II bad, essentially. Furthermore, once America joined the war, a lot of the writers and animators and everybody working at Disney went off to fight. So there was no one, many people left in Disney to actually make any of these movies. So a whole box of terrible things occurring all at the same time meant that full-length animated films weren't really possible. But Disney and all its attempts to move forward and push the boundary of animation and still make feature-length things for animation decided to persevere and still release some stuff. So what they did was they took a look at everything that they had been working on or were working on, a lot of shorts for cartoons for movies that would appear before actual feature-length movies, animated sequences that had been started for full-length feature movies that were not able to be completed because no one was around to make them. And what they did was they packaged them all together and they decided we're going to release these as anthology films, as package films. There's not real genuine story to them. We will film some live-action stuff in between the cartoons to get a sense of direction for this stuff, but otherwise it's it's just showing what we got, but putting it all together so it's still feature length. And thus the package era was born, which is why 
if I asked you to name an era from the war, an era, if I asked you to name a movie from the wartime era, you probably couldn't because there's not a movie. I mean, there is, but it's, it's a sequence of stories and cartoons put together into a film. Sort of like how many adventures of Winnie the Pooh that came out at a later date takes three Pooh stories that had already been animated and released as shorts and put them in together as a genuine feature length film. The difference with that one is they then took their time to animate some extra stuff to make the stories have a genuine connecting feel. During World War II, not so much. Very basic, just here's a sort of reason why these things are together. Move on. Now, in terms of content and what came out, look, genuinely speaking, these movies aren't stellar. They're not fantastic, but they're not supposed to be. They're supposed to be made so Disney can keep the lights on. And looking at these films, having rewatched, well, some I watched for the first time, but having looked at them, seeing the potential for some of them, seeing what they wanted to do, and seeing how they overcame the restrictions of World War II, the messages they pushed as well, it's pretty interesting it's a testament to disney and during world war ii that they were able to do this that they were able to push on and make the content that they did i did notice re-watching this stuff as well that there was a positive spin to a lot of it as well there were a few movies which showcased the rest of the world and the culture and the vibrant colors and the fun that these other countries have which is great because obviously during a time like world war ii obviously tensions are high there's a sort of distrust especially of other countries So it's good to go, well, yes, sure, we're in a terrible war and some countries want to kill us, but that doesn't mean every country out there is bad. Here are some countries that are great. So I can't talk too much about each one because there's really not a lot to say, but I'll give you a brief rundown of each of the films that came out during the wartime era, give you a brief idea of what they are and my genuine overall opinion of them. So we start off first with Saludos Amigos. This is really the most packagey one of all of them. This is a series of shots from Disney going down to South America to showcase the culture and partying world that is down there. Now, it's basically just a series of live action shots interspersed with our famous characters, Donald Duck and Goofy. Basically, there's no real story except that in between there is a new character that is introduced who is a sort of friend to Donald and he's sort of explaining to him what this world is like and and using the shots that had already existed that had been done before to showcase different cultures and beliefs and ideals. You can tell that they really struggled to put a lot in this because the movie itself opens with a tour of Walt Disney, with Walt Disney giving a tour of the Walt Disney Animation Studios. Looking at it, you can't tell if it's empty because everyone's at war or if they moved out so he could film it but you can tell watching it's like here's where the magic happens we wish we could be making magic right now but one day we will meanwhile here's some stuff we shot remember donald remember goofy well they're up to mischief let's see what they're going on for it's entertaining enough it is nice and short which is good too so the the gimmick of it doesn't wear off too soon And I thought the stuff involving Donald and Goofy obviously interjected with the live action stuff was quite clever. Obviously, live action working with animation became a staple for Disney for later on as well. So for all intents and purposes, it did go, okay, this is something that we can do that looks good too. Hence, scenes involve Mary Poppins, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, Pete's Dragon, all of that stuff where live action works with animated characters. A lot of this 
jumped of Saludos Amigos doing it first. What was good about Saludos Amigos as well was Donald and his friends that he makes on his South American trip, which of course leads into our next film, The Three Caballeros, which is again more of the same stuff, live action shots of other countries, but in this instance, it's Donald and his two friends, they're the three caballeros, they're the ones doing the traveling and they're meeting people and they're writing to each other about all the wonderful things they've experienced. Again, same sort of stuff, basically just taking footage of what we had, taking a famous character like Donald, putting a very loose storyline in between, showcasing the wonderful vibrant colors and images and things that we have seen and things that we can do during this wartime era. Of the two films, I think I like The Three Caballeros more because there's so much more Donald in it. Donald Duck could be my spirit animal. The way he flips out and screams and talks is very, very similar to me. If you've caught a lot of my episodes, you can tell when I say words that don't really mean anything, when I get tongue-tied, when I get confused and flustered. It's basically Donald. So when you can't understand Donald speaking, but he's so angry, but he's doing his gosh darn hardest, I can relate tenfold. So having him in the movie more makes The Three Caballeros, for me, more of an entertaining experience than Saludos Amigos. Moving on from that, you had Make Music Mine, which took a lot of inspiration from Fantasia. Basically, this movie was sort of being built up to be the next Fantasia, Fantasia 2, Fantasia the sequel, however you want to do it, making animated sequences that work with famous musical pieces. Obviously, Fantasia was a huge gamble and an interesting payoff, but obviously they thought that it was something that they would continue on to do. Of course, World War II meaning not so much. So rather than wait for the water over and then continue working with what they had, they just released what they had, essentially. More musical pieces of animation. There's a bit more cartooniness to this one than Fantasia. Fantasia really only had Mickey and the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Otherwise, everything was visuals and shots. This one, Make Music Mine, has a lot more stories, which you can tell as human characters interacting with the music around them, and the music is telling the story, but it's more basic sort of stuff. I don't know if they've been allowed to proceed further, if this would have evolved into something more. But in terms of it, listening to music is fun. I always enjoy music combined with movie animation, movie magic in general. I did an episode a way back called The Wonderful World of Music Working With Films. I don't think it's a great episode because I couldn't play any music to really explain what I'm talking about. But in terms of music and cinema, if the music doesn't work well in juxtaposition to a scene in a movie, it can detract 100%. But if it works well, then it can enhance your experience tenfold. Not directly after Make Music Mine, but there was also Melody Time that came as well. Again, more snippets of music combined with animation not as much to the extent of Make Music Mind. Here with Melody Time, I think they were wrapping things up. In terms of war, some people were coming back. So there's a bit more newer stuff, I think. It, it feels more like a genuine product with the things that you see more connected than Make Music Mind. But look, if you're comparing it to Fantasia, they pale in comparison. But again, you have to look at these films in terms of what they are and when they came out. And again, it's Disney going, we've got to keep the lights on. We've got to release what we have. We've got to entertain the people as well. We've got to provide content for people to forget that is a terrible war raging outside. So of the two of them, even though Melody Time has more of a structure, I think Make Music Mine is my more preferable one. 
because it has more in lines with the Fantasia stuff that obviously they were aiming more for that time. Then there's Fun and Fancy Free, which is sort of a fairy tales film. It is a whole bunch of different stories, each ranging from different places, from fairy tale stories, from Disney characters, things like that. There is no connecting thing between any of the sequences. It just goes from one to one to one. From this one, this is basically just, let's reach into the pile of everything we have here at Disney. Let's throw it in a movie and see what sticks. We're not going to get a musical theme to it. We're not going to take live action stuff we've already shot and try and enhance the story here. It's just, here are some shorts. This is the stuff from Fun and Fancy Free that you would have seen a lot of if you watched cartoons, essentially, especially Disney cartoons, Mickey's House of Mouse, Playtime Disney. If you had the Disney Channel itself, a lot of the shorts in Fun and Fancy Free you can pull out entirely, play on their own. You don't need to see them as a movie. There's some good stuff in Fun and Fancy Free. There's some boring stuff in Fun and Fancy Free, but it's a fun enough time, and it's interesting to see basically that Disney will do any sort of shorts, any sort of stories. They're Whatever was going on in Disney at that time, light bulbs must have been going off. People were doing all sorts of stuff, all different things. And it's interesting to see the variety of shorts compacted into one film. Finally of the bunch is my favorite of all of them, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. This one is more of a film because it's only two stories and the stories are longer. So you get more of an essence of a movie from it. Of course, the two stories themselves are completely disconnected. The connecting fact between the two is that it's a library and someone pulls out a book about Ichabod and someone pulls out a book about Mr. Toad. The Ichabod part of the story is fine, entertaining enough. It doesn't really resonate with me too much. I can't tell you what really happened in it and I watched it quite recently. However, Mr. Toad, I don't know why, but I loved the Mr. Toad section Obviously, I'm a big Winds in the Willows fan, so that might influence my love of Mr. Toad. But the story of Mr. Toad, the animation, just fits perfectly with how I imagined the characters from Wind in the Willows when I read the book. Mr. Toad, I think, resonated more than Ichabod as well. If you go to Disneyland, you can find Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, which is one of the better rides of the kiddie section of Disneyland. Obviously, there's so much Wind in the Willows content as well that Mr. Toad has remained fresh in most people's minds. Of these films, Mr. Toad was the easier to get, to find in terms of DVDs, on streaming sites, on YouTube. As itself, it was harder to find Ichabod or hard to find the two of them together. But Mr. Toad is full of comedy, full of fun. The Disney-ish sort of characters that you grew to experience from the original batch from the Golden Age and then what eventually Disney became later on. Kooky characters, one main kooky character more than the others. Some things are happening. They got to go on a little adventure to make things right. All sorts of shenanigans entail, and it's just one of those fun, blissful times watching the thing. There you go. So there's, again, there's not too much to say about the wartime era because... It is a wild time. It is a wild ride full of all sorts of different things. No actual genuine specific movies to talk about, but a variety of content involving live action, music, fairy tales, basically anything Disney had going at the time. I think looking back on it, 
these movies have to be judged on when they came out. If you take a movie like Fun and Fancy Free and just release it now and don't think about it as a war film, but compare it to any other movie that's come out in the last five years, you will find it lacking. But if you look at it in terms of what it did to keep the lights on at Disney, what it did to keep people's minds off war and terror, what it did to keep people's jobs during war and terror and all of that. Basically, if these movies hadn't come out, if Disney hadn't pushed forward and done what they did, they would not have been able to move on to the next film after this bunch, Cinderella, which kicked off Disney's Silver Age, a time when they went back into feature-length animation with proper running times of 60 to 70 to 80 minutes of one story with a full animated series of events that are for the same story, not just what have we got in our basket. Let's see what we can make. As I leave off for you... I want you to, well, I don't want you to do anything. You can choose to do this if you like. But as I know Disney Plus is a thing, I do not have Disney Plus at the moment, but I'm sure some, if not all of these might be on there. However, most of these are available in some sort of capacity on YouTube. If you're desperate for a DVD, some DVDs do exist. Some sold properly, some you got to go to secondhand stores for, but they are out there. I would encourage everybody to have a look into these to see if they remember them to see if they remember seeing them to see if any of them resonate with them more than others if you like these movies if you like the anthology setup of just a bunch of different stories in a movie does that keep a movie fresh for you because you get a different story every now and then and if you don't like the story don't worry because you'll move on to something else unlike today when you get a feature film if you don't like the film within the first 10 minutes it's not really going to change for the rest of the movie there's a lot here to unpack so have a think look into it. I recommend checking these out as I do with most things I talk about. I recommend everything, let's be fair. But there you are. I hope you enjoyed listening. That's two errors down. When we're back in a month or two, we'll look into the silver age of Disney, which I look forward to because that's some of the more memorable stuff for people. That's some of the more iconic Disney stuff. Some that has lasted positively some that has lasted negatively some that are genuine true enjoyable classics and some that are just bad shit crazy so i look forward to talking about that but until then thank you all for listening i should be back to you next week as usual with a proper episode provided the cats don't kill me anyway all right i love and appreciate you as always you've been spliced in later adios muchachos i'll catch you next time 